Hi, you're listening to the Your Brain Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Ayatara Bin. So, today I'm going to be looking at the science of obesity and the link between our guts and brains. So, I'm, I'm recording this uh, episode because I was quite fascinated by a series of experiments I looked into that were conducted by uh, Dr. Barry Levin. So, yeah. Now, have you ever wondered, you yourself, why do a pair of siblings living in the same house with the same parents with the same food sometimes end up in the opposite sides of the weight spectrum? So, well, this is what obesity scientists look into. They look into what we eat, when we eat, how much we eat, and what is the relationship between the genetic and environmental factors that, well, end us like, and um, end up influencing um, our current weight. So yeah, this guy Barry Levin, he took a hundred rats and subjected them to high fat feeding. After months of feeding, he ended up with a belly-shaped curve and a weight distribution with some skinny rats and some obese rats and some in the middle. What he then did was to take the skinny rats and breed them among themselves and the heavy rats. And he bred those among themselves and after rounds of breeding, he ended up with two distinct populations, a diet-resistant rat and an obesity-prone rat. And here's the really interesting part. Then he took the skinny or the obese rat and either massively or oh, like massively over or underfed them. And their weight would, you know, of course, go up and down depending on the dietary regime. But it was as if the little bodies would remember the same old weight trajectory. So yeah, once the dietary regime was stopped, the rats went right back to the initial weight trajectory. It was like as if you could, you know, dress up the obese rat in a skinny's sheep clothing. So yeah, now, um, the, the only unfortunate thing was that the obese rat's nature was still, you know, scratching to get out. The same thing applies to humans. So if you take a thousand kids and weigh them, their weight will always uh, be distributed in a bell-shaped curve. Some skinny, some in the middle, and some heavy. We know that uh, some of the skinny kids will remain skinny throughout their lives, and some of the obese kids will stay obese throughout life. You could argue that their weight, to some degree, has been, you know, predetermined. You could also argue that obesity is a disease. Now, wait, did I just say obesity is a disease? Yes, I did. There's actually data and science that shows that. Uh, so yeah, I've made it my audacious goal to, well, uh, provide you with a solution to prevent it and cure it in this episode. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Now, in the early 1980s and 1920s, obesity was considered a potential global problem. A global problem of a magnitude that led the WHO in the end of the 1990s to declare obesity a global pandemic. And I probably don't have to tell you why. I mean, higher rates of diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, even some cancers. Uh, and there's been a clear link to you know, medical conditions such as depression. So as the number of obese individuals grew, so did the number of people suffering from these diseases. Today, more than 50% of the UK adult population are living with obesity or overweight. So from a health perspective, that is devastating. But that's not only a UK problem. The obesity surge has been, you know, made a global health problem. Many inside and outside the medical community kind of believe that obesity is not a disease. They believe that obesity is just a condition. A condition brought about by too much eating or too little exercise. As a matter of fact, a lot of people living with obesity think that too. They believe that their weight is 100% their own fault, which can lead them to self-blame 
and low self-esteem, and perhaps even shame or stress eating, which is, you know, both heartbreaking and counterproductive. So yeah, see, there's scientific uh, proof that obesity is a disease, right? Well, medically speaking, there's many ways to define disease, but let me give you just three examples. As a process that impairs your functionality and reduces life expectancy, obesity is one that's check you can define define disease as a process that leaves you you know more susceptible to other diseases or causes diseases obesity check or you can define disease as a genetic impairment that leads to functional impairment like for instance uh, could say duplication of, of genes on chromosomes there's clear evidence that a single gene mutation can lead to obesity such as for instance leptin deficiency and pomc deficiency which i'm not going to dive into here now we also have uh two free genes leading to obesity um so yeah now the genetic makeup hasn't been investigated thoroughly yet but we'll see what the future has to hold maybe in 2030 so yeah let me be clear we humans have had the same genes for decades and just recently obesity has become a bigger problem so how do we then explain that now one obvious thing is actually food especially calorie calorie rich food which is you know more and more readily available it's relatively easy and also relatively cheap to eat your entire daily need of calories by fast food or big soft drinks so genes do play a role but the environment also plays a huge role the overabundance of calories in certain communities is a relatively new thing and our genes haven't quite adapted yet and the history of feast and famine genetic selection has prepared us much better for famine and for good reason so starvation is bad but you could also argue that obesity is bad and if obesity is a disease how do we then prevent it treat it or even cure it i believe that the brain holds the key so yeah what i can't do to everything else <laughs> i've had always been like fascinated with how small electrical signals and discrete discrete parts of the brain kind of lead to huge behavioral changes so yeah now the study of barry levin has um led how do i say it he let him study the brain and to study and investigate glucagon like peptides uh, also known as glp1 um these are a hormone like signal molecule are like they're produced in both the gut and the brain and the brain speaks to the gut and the gut speaks to the brain obviously that's right so they're literally connected uh so yeah his research led him to see that the glp1 has an effect on nerve cells sitting in areas that control whether you know we eat or not so for instance if we increase the level of glp1 the body's desire to eat or overeat food gets turned off glp serves as the full signal in your you know cars gas tank here's the metaphor so uh, yeah pretty much so he spent years mapping the circuitry of uh, glp1 and how glp interacts with other signal molecules and hormones and uh, all of these things go together to control food intake and body weight and control eating behavior as like eventually now what does that all mean well today we have engineered and studied the molecule right but how can we you know use this into real life applications now, GLP-1 is not really the whole answer. Uh, they've discovered numerous hormones and other signal molecules that are also pivotal for the regulation of food intake and body weight. And it may end up that these signals and hormones are even more important than GLP-1. So there's plenty to do here. Now, yeah, it's not even the beginning to the end, but perhaps this may be, uh, how do I say it? Uh, end to the beginning, I guess. So yeah, 
We may have like a massive weight crisis on the planet today, but the good news is we're on the right path. We now have solutions for people living in obesity, and the next steps will be to understand even better prob- the problems they face、um, and how you know genes and environment play together a role. And yeah, finally, how all these things come together and determine our body weight. Then and maybe just then we'll be able to you know come up with a prevention or a treatment or even a cure for people living with obesity. So yeah, most likely we can end up all striving without chronic diseases. And yeah, that was quite uh, uh, quite the pep talk. But I just wanted to you know really highlight the link between obesity and the way our brain fires and signals、um, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so yeah, it's not anyone's fault, really. It's your brain's fault. Who's to blame, huh?、Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye.